Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What is up, football fans? I am Danny Austin. This is the Live from the 55 podcast. Great to be here. Great to have you here with us listening. Let's get into this, guys. What a weekend. I am recording this on Sunday morning. I got Ian Busby coming in. I feel, I mean, I don't have an actual hangover, but I feel hungover from these games this weekend. Um, you know, I had, I had Jeff Hamilton on Thursday's show, and I led that conversation, I believe, with a question to Jeff, which is, do we already sort of know how the rest of the CFL season is going to play out? Do we know what the standings are going to be? And I was feeling so confident. Uh, we know who everybody is. We, we kind of... We have all the information we need. I was wrong. Man, I did not see this weekend coming. I, now, I probably would have picked two of the four games correctly if you'd, if you'd sort of asked. But the other two I would have gotten wildly wrong. And I can tell you, that BC-Ottawa game, I wouldn't have predicted that it was going to go down the way it did. But just an insane weekend. I mean, yeah, I, I had Toronto beating Montreal. I did think it was going to be a little bit closer than when the two teams played uh, the week earlier in Toronto just because the game was in Montreal but you know 23-20 Toronto that's a big win you know further establishes look it's them and everyone else right now we we can say what we want you know we've we've done this tier system all year uh, one two three tiers look for me it's the Argos and then it's everybody else the Argos it's good to see a great cup champion the Bombers did it a couple years ago just go out and sort of defend their turf you know we're the king of the castle come get us and and, and nobody can right now these Argos, I mean, somehow the Stampeders are the only team that's beaten them this season. It's unbelievable. But, you know, that was just another, to me, professional economic win. They go out, they do what needs to be done. But that was really the only, <clears throat> excuse me, game that I think any of us could have really predicted uh, this weekend. I did not have the Edmonton Elks winning 36-27 over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That is a huge result. Trey Ford, man, the guy just keeps doing it. Look, he's not putting up huge numbers through the air. But he's limiting mistakes, and, and he's running the ball. Um, this, this Edmonton team, I will say, covering the Stamps, the whole story going into this year was how the Stamps were just going to run, run, run. They had the best running game in the league. But I don't know that anyone is is on the level of the outs right now. Um, this is an impressive win that puts a lot of pressure on the teams above them. I, we're going to get into that. Um, both when Bud gets here and further on in this intro. But beyond that, I mean, yes – I, I didn't pr- predict that one coming, but I don't think it's it's the shocker of the week just because, let's be honest, like I think the Riders have surprised a lot of us by sort of continuing to, to sort of pick up wins here and there and, and, and stay in the playoff mix after Trevor Harris went down. But I didn't – I still don't necessarily take them super seriously as a Super Bowl or Grey Cup contender right now. So that one, 
I won't say it was hugely shocking other than to say that, you know, the Elks have now won, what, four of their last five games? Am I right about that? I think I am. Yeah, four of their last five. So, you know, they don't have much time to kind of make a move, but it's, it's not out of the question. You know, they are two games back of a playoff spot. It's not out of the question. When you start winning, it's, well, this league is all about getting hot in the back half, and the Elks are hot. You love to see it, you know. Think about how negative all of us were for the first couple months of the season. And to see Edmonton winning, picking up, I mean, they've, they've beaten what? Like, they've beaten good teams as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's awesome. That was a very fun game, and it's just, it's nice. We When they were losing and setting records for losing streaks at home and all of that, we all sort of said, man, like, CFL needs a good Edmonton. This this sucks. This is making me worried. And, and just, I don't know, hopefully this results in, in more fans in the stands. But one way or another, you know, it's good to have Edmonton back a little bit. Important market. Love Trey Ford. It's time to market around that guy. You know, it's still early in his career, but feels like he's a star. But man, Hamilton beating the Bombers. 29-23. I don't care who you are. No one saw this coming. I don't think Coach O saw this coming. Um, you know, Zach Caleros, two TDs, three interceptions. It's not what we expect from him. You know, a week ago, we were talking about that Labor Day rematch in, in, in the first half there, and potentially that being the greatest half of CFL quarterbacking that I had seen, certainly in my time covering the league. And then the Bombers go out and they, they lose to the Ticats. Just, they're so unpredictable. And the thing with the Bombers, sort of 2021 and 2022 in particular, but, you know, these last couple of years were that, they were predictable. They're dominant. We, there, there was no question that it was happening. You know, you, you didn't really worry about them making <clears throat> mistakes or laying an egg. And I, I don't know. Maybe I'm underestimating the Thai Cats. Maybe I'm not respecting them the way I should. But you know, that's a that's a good win for Hamilton. It was good to see you know the, the fans in Hamilton sort of have something to cheer about. And again, it's just they're six and seven, like. The Ticats are making the playoffs. I, just, I don't have any trouble saying that. I don't think that the 4-9 and nine Stampeders or the 4-10 and 10 Elks are going to chase them down for, for the crossover. And I certainly don't think the Red Blacks at 3-10. and 10, No, can they even? I mean, I guess technically they're not, they're not eliminated from playoff contention. But that loss, the Red Blacks then lose, I mean, one of the craziest games. I mean, this, this league is so crazy. You know, I, I tweeted about it a little bit last night. And people were like, I said, this is why we love the league. You never know what's going to happen, and I certainly don't. I will be honest with you that I definitely stopped checking. You know, the Red Blacks were up, what, 37-18 going into the fourth quarter. What, two minutes left? They're, they're down 10? Um, something like that. Should have those details ahead of me. And then Terry Williams. Missed field goal. Returns it for a touchdown. Flips the whole game on his head. Lucky what what a catch in the end zone. And, and suddenly the Lions are 41-37. And you're looking at the standings and with the Bombers losing and the, like the Lions, they have their they have their fate in their own hands. You know, that's that's fascinating. They're they're one win behind and one, have one game in hand. So they've got the Elks, which is obviously not a not a guarantee um, this weekend. Well the the bombers are on a bye week, but then really get into it i mean the bombers have toronto on september 29th and then the next week i believe yeah then they're at bc on october 6th so you know if you're the bombers you, you probably have to win both of those games but that game on october 6th against the lions is just shaping up to be 
one of the games of the season. I mean, this happens every year, right? All of a sudden, the games take on more significance, and all of us are looking at the schedule. You can't even pick a game to skip because one game after another, you know, it's just it's just heaters. And yeah, I'm I'm amazed that this is where we're at because I honestly looked at the standings on Wednesday. I'd been a little bit sick on Monday, Tuesday under the weather, and I looked at the standings before draft came in, and I was like, man, are we just cruising? to sort of a boring finish where we already know the West final is going to be in Winnipeg. We already know the East final is going to be in Toronto and, you know, nothing's going to change here. And things changed this weekend. Um, the Ticats and Alouettes are tied at six and seven. There's a chance that the Ticats are hosting an each final. Given their quarterback situation and what happened with Bolivar Mitchell, you know, their big star signing of the offseason, for them to be hanging in here at six and seven with a chance of hosting a playoff game is absolutely unbelievable. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I might have had them as not a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, I might have had them as the worst team in the league. A couple of weeks ago, I would have had the Elks as the worst team in the league. With respect to Ottawa, they are quite clearly the the bottom of the the hierarchy here, the bottom of the ladder. And again, the East is, I mean, it's not. There's no intrigue at the top. The Argos are 11 and one. They are the class of the league. But all of a sudden, if you're wanting that home playoff game, which I think those teams are, I mean, if you're Hamilton, how happy are you to get a game in Hamilton and then not have to really travel? You just go down the road to Toronto for these final if you win. That's that's doable. That's that's not the end of the world. And I don't think they're going to beat the Argos in the playoffs. I would pick the Argos, you know, seven times a week and twice on Friday. But I, I do think if you're the Ticats, who so many of us were, were just ruling out, you know, not treating like they were the real deal. I, I think this is fascinating that they are in this position, especially coming off a big win against Winnipeg. I mean, what happens? And we're going to talk to Busby about this. So I don't want to go through all the talking points in the intro, but like, what happens if Bo Levi Mitchell comes back? Like, is he is he getting back in as the starter right now? I mean, Taylor Powell has looked pretty good. He hasn't looked great, but it's not like Bo looked great earlier um i know this may all just be a hypothetical that means nothing because i have no idea if bo like legitimately that's something that i've i have not been keeping track of but i have no idea if bo levi mitchell is going to be back in time but i think that creates an interesting dilemma for them powell playing the way he is is bo the backup for a second year in a row you know that's that's pretty that would not be something that i saw coming i guess to put it plainly and yeah the alouettes they sort of are, I think, what a lot of us thought they were at the beginning of the year. They're a little bit inconsistent. Uh, they just, yeah, they're not this, they're not a they're not a juggernaut. That doesn't mean that you wouldn't be worried about them in a one-game playoff, and they certainly gave the Argos, you know, all that they could handle, but um, the Argos pulled it off, and I do think that it, at this point means that that fight for second is a lot more interesting. Uh, I generally think, as I said, couple minutes ago we can take the crossover off the table it's just impossible to see it happening um you know Ticats being six and seven the west team would have to finish ahead of them that means you have to the stamps or elks would have to make up three wins and have the Ticats sort of lose uh the rest of them i i just don't see it happening and yeah at west i don't i still feel like the riders are in in a good spot at six and seven, not a great spot. I mean, they're under 500. I, I don't think we should be walking around celebrating them as if they're, you know, the, the second coming of, of, of something or other. But, you know, they're, they're still the chances of the Stamps at four and nine or the Elks at four and 10 catching them is pretty low. The Elks don't have an easy schedule. 
The Stamps have a decent schedule and a head-to-head with the Riders, which is going to be huge. But the problem is, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I know, like the Stamps are not winning games right now. So, like, why do we have any confidence that they're going to go on a run? Yeah, they have a bye week, and they, and they assume that they will come back looking healthier, looking a little fresher. Hopefully the coaching staff has been able to do what they traditionally do during the bye week, which is just grind and figure out how to fix things. But, you know, again, these Stamps, I don't think that it's system that's killing the Stamps. I think it's a lot of mistakes, individual mistakes. And I don't know that a bye week necessarily means that they can come and coach their way out of that and then win you know, at least four or five, they have, yeah, they have five games left. So you need to win four realistically to have any shot of, because I think the Riders will win at least another one. Did the Stamps seem like a team that's going to do that? I, I don't think so. I think as far as the Elks go at four and 10, we can be realistic that they're not going to, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they've still, again, they've won four or five. This is, this is good news. This is, and it, it was a little too little too late. It will always make me wonder why Trey Ford wasn't starting earlier. We've just seen what he's done since being in. I can't wrap my head around it. At some point, I would love to sit down with Chris Jones and just pick his brain. And I'm not saying that that's the entirety of of the turnaround, but um, you just wonder if Chris Jones, if, if they'd made that move a couple games earlier, might the Elks be at five or six wins? And might be, we really be talking about the possibility of them being a playoff team? I, I think we would have. I have that much faith. Straightforward. I, I really think he's been excellent and exciting, and it's just it's too bad. So, yeah, all of a sudden, other than the Argos, does any team feel comfortable with where they're at right now? Does any team really feel like okay? Like the Bombers don't, as we talked about, the Lions are are, are right behind them, right in the fight there. You know, there's everywhere else other than the top of the East Division. We're going to see over the next six weeks um, how this all plays out. And there is lots of for grabs, ton of intrigue. It's great for the league. You know, a weekend like this, you can't beat it. What other league in the world gives us the weekend that we just had? You know, 20 point comebacks in BC, basically. The Ticats shocking everybody, beating the a Bombers team that looked like, you know, the cream of the crop a week ago. Edmonton continuing, they're rising like a phoenix, beating the Riders, making things interesting a little bit in the West. And then the Argos being the Argos. I mean, what a weekend. Honestly, this is just, I, I was so happy to be able to sit back and just watch it all, take it all in. This is fall football in Canada. And I truly believe that there is nothing better. So, um, yeah, guys, let's say you're having a party. Let's say you're having a picnic. Let's say you're having any occasion. I gotta talk to you about Fraser and Fig. Because I love these guys. Here in Martin Loop, a couple storefronts down from our studio here. Fraser and Fig, man, these guys do these delicious elevated cheese and charcuterie boxes. You know, they're made with all these fresh artisanal ingredients, on-demand grazing, pickup, delivery. You got it. Just let them know what you want. They will get it to you. Honestly, I'm such a big fan. I had a picnic a little while ago. I brought one of their curated boxes. It was a huge hit. I looked great. People loved it. We're hungry. They weren't hungry anymore. These ready-to-go boxes, they got them in four sizes. All their boxes come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, and carrots. Their selections vary from month to month choices are always new you know just because you've had one doesn't mean you've had them all i love fraser and fig i love having them as a sponsor they're the best make sure you check them out tell them from the 55 sent you all right ian busby we're just gonna acknowledge what has happened here um we may have had a technical issue we don't know oh, okay uh, we think we probably had a technical issue uh we recorded about 15 minutes and i'm pretty sure your mic was muted so we are going to just really quickly you See, can hear me now? I can hear you great. So okay. um, so good podcasting here. 
this is a uh, yeah this well is what happens sometimes here's the thing that 15 minutes that we just recorded was our best stuff it really was. it really should be on our like <laughs> emmy reel man the or emmys gemini of, reel the sorry. emmys of cfl podcasting well let's go <laughs> um now i mean just to give a, a real recap pretty sure you started by just openly calling me out well, I heard last week's show, and it was like, oh, there's not really this. There's a playoff race, but not really. And then we just threw the whole thing into a blender this week and was like, hey, every possible outcome that can make the playoff races more exciting happened. Yeah, Winnipeg loses to Hamilton. Okay, so suddenly that makes BC beating Ottawa. Ooh, that's a first place win. That's a first place race. And then, you know, Hamilton beating Winnipeg also says, that Montreal is like, okay, we were hot on your heels, Alouettes. You guys thought you were They're tied cool, in the standings, cooled in the second to place. I'm like, no, you're not in the second place at all. And now we're, we, so we have a race for second in the, in the East. We have a race for first in the West. We have a race for third in the West. Mm -hmm. So because Edmonton beats Saskatchewan when we thought the riders were going to easily beat the Elks because you know, the previous Elks were an easy win on your schedule. That's no longer the case. They won four or five. So this, this is a team. And that's, this is a team that I'm very excited to keep watching. Every time they go into the field, Trey Ford excites me with something that he does. And like a real not hot take here. He's looking like the most exciting quarterback in the league right now. Maybe not the best thrower, maybe not the best player, but most exciting. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since we've had a guy who can take off like him. Yes, right? and it's just it, it adds something that is incredibly difficult for defenses. He does have that extra, like spring in his step. He is just faster. Well, than, than guys, the other guys with the his field. speed don't end up in the CFL. Like yeah. he has he has NFL level quarterback speed and awareness. Now he doesn't have the elite passing skill, and it brings us back to why I was like, why did you know having a conversation with a friend the other night was like, well, why wasn't he playing for the first half of the year? It was like. I think that they just didn't want to let him go to the NFL. Like they know what they have in him. They should have known hmm. if they didn't know. It was like, Oh, they weren't playing him because uh, we're going to need him. We want to stick him around for a little bit longer. If he shows what he can do, he's going to go to the NFL. I don't know if that is hundred percent the case. I'm just speculating, but other reasons why he wasn't playing over Taylor Cornelius. We don't have any uh, idea right now. Is Trey Ford going to go to the NFL thing is fascinating. Cause like my first reaction to it is no. Like he's he hasn't shown me the arm. Like we're, I don't want to get overly excited, you know. Try to maintain some journalistic integrity. But the thing is, like, if Chris Strebler got a shot, Trey Ford is is winning more games than Strebler was with Winnipeg. Well, like, and, and the thing you is, want a guy if you, if an NFL team is interested in a guy who has that speed and that ability, he's not being brought in as a starter. No one's saying that. No. But like, oh, a, a bit of a development, a, a bit of another option. I mean, I. Well, at and, this point, I'd be surprised if he didn't get that opportunity. And one of the things that we look at with all the guys that go to the NFL that aren't like they don't put up big resumes, like they, but but they have all the what the things is that the scouts are looking for is all those intangibles that the, you can just put down on paper and go, this guy's got four three speed and ability to do this, this, and this. Like they may look at him and go, okay, we're bringing him in as a project, but. Well, what you when you have a, somebody as a project, you want to have the skills available, right? Mm -hmm. So he's getting signed for his skills, maybe not so much for what his abilities are right now, but his potential to develop. And it's fascinating. And the, if, I mean, if, if the CFL is a developmental league, that's what he's doing right now is developing. So 
you know, the more that they can play him, the better for him, maybe not for them because he might end up leaving. I mean, right. I hope for all of our sake that he does stick around CFL just because it's been so exciting and right. with all the struggles in Edmonton. It is, I said this in the intro, it is legitimately just nice to have them back. I believe that with their four and 10 record and, and we're going to break down the standings a little bit, but like, I, I just think it's too late for them. Like, I don't think, I think that they basically have to win, win out. And I don't think that they're good. No. Like they're, they're fun and they're exciting. And but, but like, but we went through the first half of this year going like, this is embarrassing. This is awful. Yeah. And now we're like, they won four or five. And it was like, okay, they're not like the free space on the bingo card anymore. They're an, a team that sort of is fun spot. to watch. Yeah. And if, if you're an Elks fan or you've been in Edmonton for the last few years and you are watching some of the, they're pretty close to can't miss for me at this point. Yeah. And, but now aren't you excited to like, I want to go to a home game. Like I would go to a game at and Commonwealth stadium and watch this team play. Like it's not going to be at the at crap that we were expecting previously. So yeah. yeah. And like, we feel good for uh, our buddy, Jerry up there in Edmonton, Jerry. Yeah. So he's got, he's got some <laughs> things to write about it. Maybe. Yeah. Know, some well, positivity. Do you think we all want to be negative all the time? We don't. I don't know. It's way more fun being positive. <laughs> <laughs> it's way more fun writing about a great team. Yeah. Maybe not for like, yeah, you expect them to win every time. And again, like on the other side of that coin from that game, like it's just, it's, it's so wild to me because the Elks have now shown me enough that as you said, they're not the free space on the bingo card. So like, I don't think this is that bad a loss for the like riders. This doesn't tell me that you need to freak out if you're a riders fan. Like I still, yeah. like, okay, you lost to a team that's actually like on the rise and pretty good. Their record may not show it, but like, this is a different team from this, the summer Elks. Yeah. This is this. So all of a sudden, if you're the riders, like you really wanted that win, that win basically would have secured you third place. Um, I say that as the guy who, again, was like, there's no playoff races. Um, so who knows? So ignore everything that I say when it comes to any of this stuff. Um, well, no, because you're listening to my podcast. Please keep listening. Don't, don't, don't ignore me. everything he yeah. says, but take it with a grain of salt. Like, like, Danny's always got an opinion on what is going on right now, and it's not, not that it's yeah. wrong. It was what was happening right now. And like, like I said, the CFL just took your argument and was like, Oh, Danny, we're gonna fix this problem for you. Then I'm like, they don't fix all your problems when you when you have complaints. Well, no, but just, you had a complaint, and they 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 went and said, okay, let's fix Danny's problem this and week. They did, and I and I again, there's <laughs> we're, we're openly acknowledging what's happening here, but like there's things that I don't know if we talked about the first time we tried recording <laughs> or if we did. But I do think that the game this weekend that flipped everything on its head was Hamilton beating yeah the Bombers. Um. Let's start with sort of how this affects uh, or what you saw, because you, you, I know that you have some strong opinions on what Hamilton's offense did um, to sort of like just like, I don't well, know, I think that they exposed how you how you can beat these. Bombers. I think they they gave you a blueprint as to how to beat the bomber defense, which is the bomber defense is these two defensive ends, Jeff Coden. And uh, really? and Willie are just going to be crashing down on you, and if you can't handle that pressure, you're going to make mistakes, and you've got to figure it out. Well, they started moving Taylor Powell around, and like, okay, boom, he's moving out. They're crashing those defensive ends in, and like, just keeping everything moving around. And you know, they've got a, a good, consistent run game there as well. And it was like dump off passes, get guys in space, get the ball moving. Don't let them control you with that pass rush. And then it was just like, okay. When, when Winnipeg couldn't figure that out, it was like, 
okay, you can just start moving down the field in little big chunks. Like it, it was, it was great. They gave us the blueprint and all season long, the bombers have struggled with mobile quarterbacks, guys who are moving around and can run. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you look at what the, the Hamilton offense and whether you wanted to bring like if Bo Levi Mitchell was playing in that game, oh, this, yeah, let's, the game, the game plan probably wouldn't have worked. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't, he's not as mobile. He's not as like able to move around in space anymore. Like maybe at one point in time, he could have executed that type of game plan. Not anymore, especially coming off his leg injuries. So is Taylor Powell going to be the guy going forward there? Are you going to keep moving along with him? And, you know, we, the Hamilton Tiger Cats brought in Scott Milanovic midseason and sort of changed their direction. And now they've been working towards like, hey, Taylor Powell's been the guy. Matthew Schiltz is healthy as far as I can tell. They've, they're cho the last two weeks have chose to keep going with Powell. So they, they're seeing something there that maybe the rest of the league hadn't Which, thought of. And then now they're like, okay, they're going to continue with it. Well, I don't know that it's necessarily that they hadn't thought of it. It's you have to execute it. And it's, yeah. um, and, and they, they did it. And my, my thing is they did it with Powell and we are suddenly in the spot. And I referenced this in the intro, but like, what if we have no idea where Bo's at? Bo may be out for the season. I, I genuinely have no idea. Yeah. It's not something that I certainly have. It, it's hard to keep track in certain injury situations in this league, as we found out when Jagarrett Davis was just out on the field, which we're going to talk about. <laughs> but with Bo, I mean, he was the big offseason signing, came and did not look very good uh, early in the season, has been hurt twice now. Let's, if he's back anytime between now and the end of the season, is this, is he the backup to Powell? Like, what? what a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, this is basically the situation the Stamps were in last year where they, you know, he didn't have any major injuries last year, but it was like he was struggling. It was like, okay, we're going to go with Jake, but we have him there in case of, you know, you need a backup. You need a, definitely doesn't hurt to have a veteran two-time MOP backup. That's not going to hurt your team. It's just, okay, are the, we haven't really thought of them, them as a team that's deciding to go forward with a new guy. Like, well, you know, in certain other situations and around the league, it's happened, right? They, okay, but maybe they have. That Maybe they have moved forward with Taylor Powell. We, have, we don't know what they're going to decide. Like, it's hard to say. No, I, I mean, we're just, we're sort of... <clears throat> speculating for the sake of speculating but i i think it's fascinating like all of us or i 
can't speak for everyone. Not but, everyone. Um, <laughs> Somebody might have a different opinion. I, I thought that they were dead in the water. I, I just think truthfully, like when Powell was coming in, I was like, oh, this is your third stringer. Like, and then, they've, just, they've, and then they've laid some turkeys of games too. They've had terrible games. And then they also had a, an amazing game where they went into BC and beat BC. Yeah. So maybe BC's home field advantage isn't that great because Ottawa was able to run up the score with them again, again last night. They capitalized on some Vernon Adams mistakes. I can say and, that I know there are teams in the Prairies who, if they get a away game in the playoffs and it's in BC, they're not that. They're upset not that. They're not really <laughs> upset about it. Like, oh, no, there's no. There's yeah. not a huge home field advantage there. The weather is not a factor. Uh, everybody loves spending time in Vancouver. It, it, from us being the elevation, you go down to sea level and you you feel like you're you've got much more energy going to sea level, right? It's harder to come to Calgary where the elevation and the weather is not fun in the playoffs. But again, it's like, okay, so Hamilton, just an inconsistent team. Which way are they going to go? I had, you know, that- I thought they were a pretender. Are they a contender? There's somewhere in between, but we, who knows where they are probably, probably based on form based on. And again, all of the usual CFL caveats. You can't talk about this league after the weekend it had, well, trying to make any sort of prediction but based on current form i would guess that they are hosting the west semifinal like montreal seems to i don't want to say cratering and i thought that montreal did some good things against Toronto. Well, and they, they played them tough they had them on the mat and then they couldn't like yeah. finish it off and Fajardo made a couple of bad errors and then on the last and, play just gets the ball knocked out of his hand exactly. into the, so it's i think they were close but close I doesn't think count Hamilton will finish in second in in the east um and then I look at it and I say, okay, well, you just got Jagera Davis back. I know that people sort of felt like he wasn't great. I, I know this because when Calgary traded for him, just for people who don't remember, Calgary traded for Jagera Davis when James Waters got hurt. And then he had a torn meniscus. So the trade was, was voided, voided and he went back to Hamilton, which sort of explained why there were some people who didn't love the way he was playing early in the year. He has been an elite CFL defensive end, one of the most important positions on the field. He's gone to seven great cups in a row, I believe. And he is now being added back into a lineup that like has, has won some games. And so now I think what you're saying is they've added their Grey Cup good luck charm. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is <laughs> seven I, years in a row or seven, seven Grey Cups in a row is a frick. That's amazing. I have amazing stat. Hamilton is either going to lose every game for the rest of the year or they're <laughs> going to make it into the playoffs, which I know at this point they're a playoff team. Like there may be intrigue. Yeah. I, I don't think the crossover is in play now. No. No, like Calgary and Edmonton are two games back with four remaining for Edmonton and, Edmonton five, and five for Calgary. It's like there's, you have to finish ahead of them and Hamilton yeah. just beat Winnipeg. So how are we yeah. pretending that they're going to? And no, okay, maybe Montreal is the team on the outside, but probably not Hamilton. Like, no, it's no, no, just, no, no, it doesn't no. feel like that. Those, like, so. I just don't think the crossovers in play at all. Um, but again, my thing is that this is a Hamilton team. There's a lot of playoff experience on that team. There's a lot of good players. So, well, they, this is a I team that was loaded up for the Grey Cup. 100%. The Grey Cup's in their hometown, and they've had a lot of adversity. I would, I don't gamble, but if I did, I would obviously put all my money on Toronto. I'm just saying that, like, there's just enough where I'm like, okay, Hamilton Toronto East final could be kind of fun. And you go out, you beat the Bombers. I will say that, like, watching that game with two minutes left when the Bombers, like, got within a score. Yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, the Bombers are winning this game. Um, I really, and I don't understand why 
Zach decided just to throw it like 60 yards down when all they needed was a first down to extend the drive. Um, he had lots of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, there was a lot of bizarre plays from Zach in this game that I was just like, I don't know what he, I don't know what he was thinking there. I don't know why he didn't see the middle linebacker on this pick six. Was it pick six? I can't remember if they, but it was an interception that was like, clearly like he missed the middle linebacker and I was like okay that's not stuff Zach's been doing and he had such a great game the week before comes into this game we're like okay that they're just going to keep steamrolling and he just and he didn't get a whole lot of help from his receivers he had a few drop just, passes that were just crucial in crucial moments I wonder if they, that they game weren't against, just they just weren't that great this I season. wonder if that game against the Riders was such an emotional they just lost their Labor Day game to the Riders you know all of these questions about them were sort of starting to seep in. They're hearing yeah. the same old thing. Oh, are the Bombers regressing? Have they got an old? And then they go out and they just play basically perfect football for a half, destroy the riders. And I wonder if that was like just such an emotional high that like yeah. they just weren't quite as locked in as they needed to be into the details throughout the work week. Well, I like I just and I I, I have no evidence to suggest that, but like the Bombers are a better team than they than the team that yes. lost the Ticats this weekend. Right. And but that that's that's a situation of like a couple of things it's like they finished that that labor day set the two game set and that's a really big emotional high and then there it's just like that feeling like okay let's bring on the playoffs we're ready for the playoffs yeah. let's go it's you know we're we're playoff ready we're playoff ready now and, but you have another four games to five games to play also the Ticats are sitting there licking their chops going we know uh, we got a formula to beat this team. We know what to do. Like we're gonna we're gonna punch in the both. You're you're you think you're gonna roll over us? No, you're not going to. And that's the combination there. But when you were talking with Jeff last week, it just felt like yeah, you you got. We, you're talking. Well, how is Winnipeg feeling? It was like he and he's just ready for the Great Cup and goes with going to the playoffs, well, right? Except and up to Jeff's credit, and Jeff I, said, "How are you sure that you're ready to rule out?" The Lions for, for yeah he's first. he's looking at all these angles and, of storylines yeah. and we Jeff we, was actually very like I was the one who was like this is done and Jeff was like no not no quite. man like the Lions are right there and then they come out and I will be like I I will be totally honest I did turn that game off in the fourth quarter like right at the start and they were uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks were up eighteen or nineteen points going into the fourth never quarter. never take the turn the game off I'm, I know I'm I know well but aware <laughs> but like the, it's all the crazy thing about this league is not just that these comebacks happen is that like the Lions didn't look like they had anything in them. It like, I, right. I, there was no reason to continue watching the game in my opinion. And I couldn't have been more wrong. Obviously the Lions come storming back. Special teams in this league remain. It's so much <laughs> fun that we have a league that actually special teams matter. Um, but yeah, that, yeah Terry Williams was just the Terry spark Williams. plugs as he's been a spark plug for many teams in the past. Right. He's, yeah. he's a guy who can change a game. He can flip the script. Yeah. Miss field goal. If, if, the Red Blacks hit that field goal. That game's over. Yeah. There. And then all of a sudden. It's a 10-point swing goal, right there. 120-yard return yeah. in the end zone. And then sets up Vernon Adams, delivering that ball to Lucky Whitehead, who, like, Lucky Whitehead is, he just is always there somehow. Like, but what a catch. Diving into the end zone over his shoulder. Yeah. Just an unbelievable. And, and the Lions win. And suddenly, the Lions are 9-4. and four. They got a game in hand. Yeah, the Bombers are ahead of them at 10-4, and four, but I have no idea who – I know who these Lions are. They're a good football team. I'm not trying to take away from them as no. a good football team. My question is, are they a great football team? And Are they, they a great cup-winning football team? Yeah. I think that's what you're – They have long stretches where they don't look anywhere near the level of a Toronto like, – uh, they're hanging in there. 
Yeah. They're still there. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what? They, they would love, like, it feels like, okay, 100% they're going to be hosting a playoff game this year, whether it's West semifinal or West final. It would be much better for them because when you have one game to go to the Great Cup, it's at home. It's always, like, that's your best position you can be in. And the last couple of years, it's been like, okay, it's going to, the Great Cup's going to go through Winnipeg for just one game. There are a few advantages in professional sports better than like that playoff one. than hosting the West or East final. Yeah. Cause again, you got a bye week That's not a bye week. Like bye weeks players go home. The, yeah. the bye week in the first round of the CFL playoff. They actually, they just, actually work up. They, they work up towards the regular and then just don't play on game day. Like they exactly. Would, yeah. They and then they basically watch the two teams that they're going to play. Or one of those teams that they're going to play. They're just watched two teams battle it out to play them. Yeah. It's a great position. While getting in. some rest and yeah. like, I mean, a yeah, it's a huge advantage. And so, yeah, I think that if you're the Lions, you're trying to track that down. Um, I think I just honestly, in a, in a single game, plef, I, anything I can happen, especially in BC when it's just the, the weather element won't be a factor, right? Yeah. Like it'll be, it'll be just like literal coin flip between two good teams. One's just come off a win in the West semifinal. So, and I mean, I was there it's, at the West. It's an ideal, like oh, in the mid 2000s, the, West final was seemingly always in BC and it was always great. It was like, yeah, the, there were always great games. It was super fun to, to cover and watch. And I remember going there in 2012 and it was like, okay, we got out of the cold and went to Vancouver for the weekend. And like, all right, what's going to happen here? Well, stamps came out and just punched BC in the mouth on the first play and was like, all right, we got a game. We're going to go. We're going to the great cup. And yeah. Well, and last year I was obviously there for the West semifinal. Um, yeah where a combination of Nathan Rourke being Nathan Rourke and just tearing the stamps apart in the second half and also like a couple pretty big mistakes by the stamps <laughs> yeah. on, on, on short yardage plays where they just didn't get the yard that they needed. It meant that like it, it ended up being lopsided, but it, it was a great atmosphere. Like they were, uh, they were close to 30,000. I don't, I don't know what the actual number was fans in the stands. So I just, here's my thing. The Red Blacks, I forgot that I said something bad about the Red Blacks. I, <laughs> you I, called them a name, but that's all right. Well, I they they had deserved it. They had lost to Hamilton the week previous, and we thought it was like, oh, it's over for them. Yeah. And then, think, now it I probably is their, over them. No, but, it's over now. Yeah. It's over now. They, yeah. they got three wins. They're, they're just spoilers from now on. No. Yeah. yeah. But they fight. Yeah. And, and you got to give them that. And, I mean, again, we it, we can – Go back to it. Like what happened to Mazzoli was just such a tragedy. They lost their starting quarterback. Not every team is going to have. I can't believe I'm saying this, but a, a Taylor Powell who can who's going to step in. And, and I'm not putting this all on the quarterback by any means. Like Red Blacks, they put up a lot of points. You know, uh, you, you uh, Dustin Crum has put up points to win in in certain games, and certain games he hasn't. Yep. This game, you can't fault them. For. That wasn't on. That game was not on Dustin Crum. No, no. Um, and I mean, look, what it comes down to the Red Blacks is like you're building for next year. And I know, you know, Vince, who's one of my favorite sort of CFL fans on Twitter, he's a Red Blacks fan and is pretty sick of this. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it is getting the one year thing about year, and it feels like they're building for next year. And then next year comes and it doesn't fall into place through bad luck, through yeah. potentially bad asset management. Um, and, and the Ottawa fans, and you got to give them credit for they stuck out years of not having a team. And then they get a team back and they've been, they were overjoyed for the last decade. And then the last few years have just been like, they've given, been given nothing to cheer about. But here's my question. Is Dustin Crum your franchise quarterback going forward? Are you going to put that, okay, this is the guy we're going to build with. Are we moving forward with him? Because you look around the league. Okay. Trey Ford and Edmonton. Okay. 
Uh, Jake Dolagala looks like he's got some sort of a future. Uh, and then Taylor Powell, Hamilton seems to be moving along with him. Is that their guy? Or, or are we looking at, okay, that's the team that is going to throw money at Drew Brown in the offseason? Well, so it's interesting. So I, I, I mean, I, that may be the move. Um, but like, this is what I've said repeatedly about Jake Mayer. Where I'm like, with young quarterbacks, you have your ups and downs. Yeah. And I, I think that CFL fans are too quick to forget that. I, I use the analogy like, what in probably what 2007 2008 the jays had a pitcher named gustavo chasin oh yeah i remember and gustavo chasin had a, a little bit of a weird wind up in his first time through the league he was basically unhittable <laughs> and then teams made the adjustment right Gustavo chasin wasn't that great and then with a quarterback i do think that you go, you come in lots of quarterbacks are capable of having good good starts their teams play a little bit conservative with the playbook and then teams adjust, and then it's on the quarterback to adjust to what teams do. And it's a, all for me, it's about that second round of sort of adjustments. So it's hard for me to say, oh, this quarterback or that quarterback right. is the one of the future. What I say is Dustin Crum has shown me lots. I, I, I think he's been a good news story this year. Um, is he, are you investing long-term? Would I be giving him a long-term, like a four-year deal to be my starting quarterback? Not yet. Um, but I also, you know, everyone talks about Drew Brown and Drew Brown. Well, Drew Brown didn't look great against the St. Peter's when he started that game. No. So, but, and that was the thing. Like, he's the number one backup future, like, free agent that you could go out and get, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I didn't, like, Winnipeg is not going to want to let him go. Like, so they, they might be able to do some creative finagling to keep him. But again, it's like, you, you have... T- teams in different parts of the league that are like seem to be seemingly set with their quarterback rooms right now, you know, Hamilton being the one question mark. Um, I mean, Saskatchewan's a question mark because you don't know how long Trevor Harris is going to play and he's got an injury, but he might be coming back in the next few weeks too. So that might, maybe he held that press conference, but I didn't really understand what will there's nothing wrong with it. Like hold a press conference to update I, people on Trevor Harris's. I status. guess, but have have an update. Oh, yeah, like just, yeah. <laughs> have some sort of something to say. Yeah, no, I'm I, not. I'm never gonna complain like about sometimes, more availability. And, well, and sometimes about and and that's like I just didn't know he was unavailable for the last couple months. I don't know. Like if, if had well, any reporter actually requested him, he probably would have talked. I don't know. I I have no idea. Like I I don't know this. Injured players of typically that. are not available. Okay. So, but, but that's the thing. Like, okay, so you make him available. That's fine. Yeah. It was just the fact. But here's the thing. It's Regina. So oh, like, yeah. to, to just like, hey, he shows up to talk. It was like, no, they announced it's going to be at a podium and stuff like that. I'm not complaining I'm, about I'm, it. I'm not, I'm, I'm totally fine with that because, yeah. you know, from a guy who's like held his hand out in a million scrums in his life, I'm like, you know, eventually, you know, you can just set the thing on the table and sit back and talk and have a conversation. It's much easier. Yeah. I just, again, I just didn't know what to take from it. Like, I'm not, I'm not criticizing them yeah. for doing it. I just don't know. But is Trevor Harris going to be back? If Trevor Harris is back, he's a guy who like, I assume. They didn't give us a timeline. They didn't, like, yeah. target a game or anything Regardless like that. of what Olegala does, I assume Trevor Harris comes right back in as your 100%. starter the second that he's back. So, that, and that'll be an interesting wrinkle for sort of how the West plays out for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, it does, and again, if you're Sask and let's say you're that West semifinal and we're repeating it. It's just, it's a, it's a thing that you hear around the West is always the prairie teams. And I'm including Calgary and Edmonton. I don't know if we qualify as prairie teams, but the Alberta and, and, and then the prairie teams are like, are always like, they're perfectly happy 
doing a road game in October or November in Vancouver, just because it's so much easier on the body yes. than, than playing out here. So if you're Sask, I'm, I'm sure you're like, cool, we'll finish third and, and we'll, we'll take our chances and then potentially. Yeah. Because you know. one of those games is going to be in, in BC, right? So yeah. if you, to get to the Grey Cup, you got to go through both of those games. They're like, one of those games is going to be in oh, BC. We, I was mean, like, that's, that's going to be a good week for us. So, okay. Yeah, we know one way or another. Like, despite, and it is great that we have this added intrigue. It's great that we don't know. Like, I mean, if Hamilton, Hamilton, if they can get that East semifinal game, yeah. and then they only have to travel uh, to Toronto to Toronto to the, an hour for the East <laughs> like, final, you know. You're, like you're basically home for the, your entire playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. You're pretty happy about that. No flights, no anything. Um, but we know, basically, like, Winnipeg is hosting a playoff game. BC is hosting a playoff game. We don't know which game each. And then we know Toronto is hosting these final. So, like, you can sort of start yeah. planning it. Like, the, the playoff races are, like, you can picture them, but you have to squint. And, you know, you're not really, you don't really know which team's going where. But, again, it's, like, it's, is it going to come down to who, who are the – like, we know one team's going to be out of the playoffs. It's Ottawa. It's going to be Calgary, Edmonton, or Saskatchewan, or uh, I mean, I, I, I'll, Montreal, uh, or Hamilton. I, like just that, think that, I think that just it's just given us enough juice for yes. the next rest of those. Six I, as I said, I think that Edmonton they got started too late with Trey Ford. I am ruling them out. Yeah. I am. I cover the stamps. This is awkward to say, but like my issue with the stamps is I, I look at their schedule and I see a path, but then I also see the games that they've lost this year, and it's like why. Like I'm giving them too much credit as the Stampeders to assume that they're going to win any of those games. Right. The fact is, like, they have lost games to. Like, they lost to Ottawa. This yeah. Year. They lost Edmonton this year. They like. They do not have. There, there's no reason to look at the Stampeders, and this is not a knock on them. This is just a statement of fact. And we only have a minute or two here, but there is no reason for me to look at the Stampeders and say that they are going to go on a run. No. So I still have Sask quite comfortably, probably getting to eight wins. And, and that being enough, it's just not fun to not talk about the possibility. <laughs> right. Like, the Stamps do well, have a head-to-head. Until, head until it's out, like, what is it? They get a channel their inner Lloyd Christmas. It's like, so you're saying there's a chance. Like, as long as there's a chance, there's a chance. Yeah. Right? So you can keep that mentality going. Now, Calgary's always been great coming off bye weeks. They've got two bye. They've got this week as a bye. So they're going to come off a bye week, play Montreal. Then they're going to play two games, take another bye, and then – play Saskatchewan yeah so it's like okay so the games that they need to win at least they're, they're coming off buys okay you give them a good a better shot than than regular t- week because they're coming off a buy yeah you like it's the opportunity is there they have to seize it but then you look at some of the other teams and like okay they're they have opportunities as well and there's just all the games are going to be intriguing yeah. for the rest of the year so it's this weekend did and, that like that that is and it awesome. really set up really great games for winnipeg i don't know if we mentioned it in this half like uh they're they're going to be home to toronto and at bc their next two games because they're on a bye next week and then they go into bc that's going to be or so then they're home to toronto that's going to be a fun one their entire season is going to be defined basically by those two games yeah if you if you beat bc you're you're pretty much cruising. You have yeah. the tiebreaker. You have that, but like, they, and they're going to want to prove to Toronto that they're not the best team in the league. So that's a like that's a show me game. Yeah. So oh, I mean, and you lost them in the Great Cup last year. Yeah. And you still think you're the best team in the league and are walking around and everyone's talking about Toronto. Of course, like emotionally, the stakes are incredibly high for right. that game. They they won't really matter to Toronto. Toronto can afford to lose a few and and they're yeah. still cruising. But like, yeah. Oh, oh, those are the two. They're the games of the year. Yeah, and then what will happen is it'll be October, and the playoff races will inexplicably be even closer, and the rest of them are the games of the year. This is why 
Season doesn't start after Labor Day, but it gets a lot more fun. Yeah, well, yeah, it becomes a lot more clear, and we're like counting down the days to the playoffs in the Great Cup because that's the best time of year. Exactly. Ian, anything else you want to add? I'm going to let you go. I apologize yep. for the recording snafu. Well, because it was honestly my best stuff. You were. And- you came in. <laughs> no, you really were good. Um, you gave maybe, me. Maybe, maybe it's there, and you can use it. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah do I- some creating uh, editing and stuff. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Um, Denny. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Ian. Appreciate you. Guys, what are you doing tonight? I don't know what you're doing tonight. You're probably looking for something. Guys, you got to go check out Mike's Pub. This is probably my favorite pub in the city, 1330 15th Avenue Southwest, right in the Beltline. Honestly, they do it all. I, for years, played trivia on Wednesday nights at Mugs. It's the best trivia night in the city. Other nights, they got music. They got specials every single night. Some of the best food and drink specials in the entire city are at Mugs Pub. You want wine, you want beer, you want cocktails. They got it all. Big fan of their fish and chips. They got some amazing pizza. You want to watch the game? They got TV screens. You want to just have a drink with friends? Perfect spot to do it. You want to have some food? As I said, it's delicious. Mugs Pub. We love having them as a sponsor. We love having them just down the road from us here at our studios. Check out Mugs Pub. They're the best. All right. Quickly, I do want to give a shout out to you know our sponsor. We love them. Mugs Pub. Talking about these guys all the time. I I've played trivia at Mugs on Wednesday nights for many, many years. Love that place, but we should quickly spotlight, man. They got an amazing happy hour that I want you guys to know about. Well, highballs, domestic bottle beer, tall cans, drop your cider, house wine, all six bucks. They got food specials too, pretzels with beer trees, dumplings, burger, poutine, Bandera bread, all $8. That's from four till seven. Yeah, man, not going to get better deals than that anywhere. It's a really great deal. Um, and you know, they do also have daily specials. They have Monday night football and an open jam on Monday nights. I've mentioned this, but I will say if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, there's a great community of Bills fans who call Muggs Pub home. Um, but it's also an awesome spot for just watching games, whether that's Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. Yeah, they got $12 hot dogs, $6 half pints. Um, Tuesdays, they got a wing night, seven bucks, wings and ribs, wings and rib bites, I should say, $24 bucket of tool shed on tuesdays wednesdays is their trivia night so i told you it's the best trivia night in the city in my opinion dollar off pints two dollars off burgers thursday and they got that football going 15 dollars pizza and a pint 30 dollars pizza and a jug that's a heck of a deal fridays different events every week fish and chips on special 24 dollar jugs and five dollar jaeger it goes on throughout the weekend tons of specials we'll be talking about them more but anyways thank you to mugs pub make sure you check them out make sure you say hi let them know danny sent you all right, guys, looking ahead. As I said, this was absolutely insane weekend. With so many teams in, in sort of contention, you look forward at this week's games coming up. You got Saskatchewan at Ottawa. Again, just you got to pick task there. But how confident are we in that pick? I don't know. Maybe Ottawa pulls it off. But every game here has added intrigue. You have BC at Edmonton. We're going to pick BC, but as we talked about repeatedly, Edmonton's showing us a lot. You got Montreal at Calgary. I believe that's Saturday. Man, the Stamps need this win. Montreal needs this win, too. They want second place. But Calgary, if they want any hope coming off a of bye week, they have any hope of making the playoffs, you need to win this game. And then, yeah, you got Hamilton to Toronto. Hamilton impressed me, but I'm not picking them to beat the Argos. I'm not picking anyone to beat the Argos. So, yeah, fun week of games ahead. We'll break those down on thursday's episode not sure who we're gonna have in but looking forward to that one thank you to mugs pub thank you to fraser and figure sponsors thank you to you our listeners 
Really appreciate you checking us out. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends. Thanks, guys. Cheers.